I had a sugar date the other night, and on the sugar date, we got dinner, and we went back to his house, and so this particular sugar daddy has about 500 bottles of wine. Yeah, he kind of likes wine, let's put it that way, and I like wine. I just don't really know (laughs) quite as much as he does about wine. I haven't also tried as many wines as as he has. However, um, I did make it very clear that I was interested in learning. And so he broke out a couple different bottles and we were sampling and drinking wine. And at some point in the night, while drinking wine, we decided we should invite Andrew. Mm. (laughs) Can you see where this is going? So Andrew comes over and we pour him a glass of wine and I kind of hop on to the countertop and the sugar daddy let's call him paul i don't know if i've named him or not yet my sugar daddy here where i'm living now but we're gonna call him paul right he comes over and he pushes my legs apart and he starts kissing me and andrew is standing over there swirling his wine taking a couple sips and things just start to heat up somehow we end up in the bedroom i'm naked we're 69ing and Andrew's just watching with a glass of wine Mm, he took some amazing pictures you guys the knowledge that he was there the knowledge that he was watching and approving and being turned on by me having a sexual interaction right in front of his eyes with a sugar daddy was so hot fuck so hot and then he puts his wine down and he gets involved I successfully had two cocks in me at once, and I (laughs) loved it. It was fantastic. I was just so mentally there. Like, I was just, like, fuzzy, fuzzy mind, so turned on. It was amazing, and I, I don't even know. I don't even know and it went really well it was a fantastic scene everybody was happy and like I have been thinking about it all week and apparently I had a pretty pretty insane wet dream that Andrew told me about it and he knows because I was humping him for probably half an hour in the middle of the night and I didn't I didn't remember it until he told me and then I was like, oh, yeah, I was having a dream about the other night. <gasps> Ellie, what? Oh, my God. You talked about sex? Wow. Rope Bunny. A person who likes being restrained tied up, and or immobile during sexual intercourse. Usually a submissive partner. Mm, I I love, I love getting tied up, you guys. There's there's so many aspects about it that is just fantastic. And, you know, as much as I like it, and as long as I've known I'm a rope bunny, honestly, it hasn't happened for me a lot. And it still doesn't happen for me a lot. While Andrew is a rigger, and while he enjoys doing it, the experience of tying someone up and the experience of being tied up are unique. 
they're not something that's just like super sexual or only sexual. It takes time, it takes intimacy, and a lot of things can go wrong mentally, physically. And I'm going to get into all of that today. However, however, I had a beautiful, beautiful scene on Friday where he tied me up really intricately and I experienced all of the things, all of the things that I love about bondage and about rope play. And while there are differences between shibari and western rope bondage, I am going to talk about those, but I'm also going to talk about them kind of hand in hand today a little bit because there are a lot of similarities. There are also differences and we'll go through those. But I, we probably spent a good hour and a half to two hours on this scene and 75% of it was the tying. It was the aesthetics. It was the intimacy. It was the communication. It was the connection of the tying. It was the beauty and the art of the tying, right? And there was sexual tension, obviously. There is going to be a lot between Andrew and myself in a scene like this where, um, that trust just really builds sexual tension between us. I mean, with our power dynamic, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we probably spent a good 75% of the scene on the actual tying, on the actual bondage part. And then the rest of it was very sexual. The rest of it was a se- like scene and he, he fucked my brains out and it was amazing and I loved it. I love being restrained for sex. But really for me the focus and the highlight of that scene was more on being tied up on the bondage and on that connection and intimacy that I felt there so I kind of want to talk about that today and I kind of want to go into shibari and western rope bondage on a deeper level than I have before on this podcast ever I mean I really haven't talked about bondage a whole ton on here and before I do so I do want to give a little disclaimer that I'm not a full-on expert with this stuff and I don't know everything in this podcast episode this this episode is not going to be end-all be-all of what you need to know for bondage or rope play shibari it's not but I am going to give you some of the some of the little facts about it and I'm going to talk about some ways to maybe approach it if you've never done it before and some of the benefits of it and yeah who doesn't who doesn't want to learn a little bit more about being tied up or tying somebody up and the amazing things that can come with it. Hmm. What is shibari? What is western rope bondage? So so western rope bondage really kind of came out of shibari. It has it is really spread all over the place and there's been lots of different like avenues that people have taken this right but it started back in Japan in what they call the Edo Edo period Uh, so this was like 1603 to 1868 okay and they used it as a way to restrain transport and torture prisoners and it was really a practice that stemmed from a martial art but they they used this regularly for prisoners and it kind of died out eventually but the BDSM scene so the underground Japanese BDSM scene really took it in and were like oh this is amazing there is there's so much here to grasp onto it's beautiful there's a lot of trust and intimacy here and there's so many ways we can use this and we can provide 
like it, it provides us like a tiny little bit of pain when done when done in certain ways or done correctly but it's not so much pain it's not actually like something that's supposed to be super painful but yeah so there are a lot of avenues and we're, we're going to talk about those but that's where it came from that's really where rope bondage came from which i think is really cool it made its way to europe and america in the early 1900s and so that's when they started to take it and kind of go in different directions and do different things with it and western rope bondage became a thing so the difference is western rope bondage focuses on restraint and it's really used as foreplay so it's really used kind of how andrew and i used it um this last weekend on i think friday how uh i would i was kneeling there and for oh, quite a, quite some time probably 40 45 minutes if not longer a full hour uh he tied me up and i was i was also blindfolded for this which is definitely not something that has to be the case but I would, I was sitting there and I was being tied up and it was beautiful, but it also really built up a sexual tension, right? So I was getting like super, super, super wet that entire time and little brushes against my skin, you know, heightened everything for me. And I like felt everything so much. My awareness was so heightened because I couldn't move in certain ways and every little thing like just peaked my interest every little thing was so so strong in my mind and my senses were so heightened it was amazing it was beautiful and I wish I wish I got to do this more because genuinely the what something I'm gonna talk about later the mental challenges and the physical challenges that come with being a bottom for bondage are exciting and they're fun and I really like how mindful it makes me I really like how I I like the similarities between that and meditation because it is there are times where it's very uncomfortable or there are times where I have an itch or I want to move or like the rope is digging not in a bad way but it is digging and I'm uncomfortable and you have to breathe through it and you have to relax you have to stay relaxed you have to stay calm and all of these things in combination with the sexual tension is amazing so western rope bondage really typically uses the tying up the bondage element as as a tension builder and as as foreplay and not always not necessarily but it is it is more sexual it is more sexually aimed traditionally than shibari shibari is super aesthetic it is an art form and it's symbolic and they really push these elements of it it's really really supposed to be the main event the sex isn't the main event it doesn't even have to be sexual at all that's a myth of shibari right it's the main course there might not even be sexual tension this might be a form of meditation or mindfulness or self-care or expression internal expression or just a way to challenge yourself or just literally nothing more than art so that's shibari it can be sexual of course that it that's a huge part that can happen but it doesn't have to and that's super important for anybody if you're talking about shibari with them it's super important that you know and you understand that it doesn't always have to be sexual it also doesn't have to be done with a romantic partner right 
However, we are going to talk about all of the trust and everything that has to go into this. And in my opinion, there are not a lot of people who I think I would just hand over the rope (laughs) to tie me up like this if I didn't have like a pretty strong bond with them. That's a personal preference. That's because of where my mind and my mental health state is at. I I want that trust. I want that vulnerability to happen. I want that connection and intimacy to happen if I'm getting tied up like this. You know, if my hands are getting restrained for sex or whatever and it's just a fucking and I can't move my hands, that's totally different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intricate tying up that is made to accentuate parts of the body or their the patterns are beautiful or their specific knots are used and it's really a whole process right that's what we're talking about we're not just talking about handcuffs right now we're talking about an actual elaborate tie of a body and you can there's so many different ways to do that we can't get into that in this episode but yes that's what we're talking about so those are the two main differences Um, Also, there are some differences. People can really nerd out about the type of rope used, and this is definitely not my area, but I do know that shibari tends to use natural fibers, such as hemp, okay? And Western rope bondage, they don't care so much. They'll use synthetics. They'll use hemp. They'll use nylon. It doesn't really matter. They'll use cotton. It doesn't really matter. It's That's not the point of it, whereas shibari, it is very specific. All right. Either way, shibari or western rope bondage, it doesn't have to be all about sex, like I was saying. It is intimate. There's lots of trust there. There's lots of vulnerability there. doesn't matter if you're doing shibari or western rope bondage. It shouldn't be painful. Discomfort, yes. Some minor pain, yes, but not intolerable pain. That's very, that's, there's a very important distinction to make. Yes, you're going to experience pain in a big rope bondage scene because, I mean, you can't move. You you might cramp up. You might have a rope digging. You might have a painful itch. There are all sorts of things that when you're restrained like that could cross over that threshold of pain. However, it shouldn't be unbearable. It shouldn't be intolerable. It's more of a discomfort and it's more of like that focus, breathe through you're perfectly capable of handling this type of thing, right? It is empowering, so empowering. It challenges your body physically and mentally. Like I was saying, you have to be super calm. You have to be super relaxed. And you have to remain that way throughout the whole scene. This could take hours. And it a lot of it comes down to that meditation, that breathing, those exercises that you do And it challenges your strength, really, to be able to put your body through something like that. Um, So there are different levels of this, right? It can get so much as to suspension. So there are a couple Instagram accounts that I follow that are just absolutely nutso, right? So they they will be hanging in robe from a suspension. suspension. (laughs) I've never done anything near that, right? My my experience is super limited. I want to be clear about that. But... To put your body through something like that, especially as you get more intricate and more intense, 
it is a challenge and it's an empowering one. I mean, you can learn so much about yourself. It can be super therapeutic for a lot of people. It forces you to go into kind of this state, this mindset of, of just calm and relaxed and powerful. And then benefits, the benefits of rope, bondage, shabardi, whichever you're taking part in. There are a lot, right? So like I'm saying, that mindfulness and that awareness that comes in for you personally, mentally, but also, also, it you become so much more aware of your body during the scene. Every little sensation is heightened. You can't move. You, you focus on every little brush, every touch, every change, every tightening, every loosening. You become mindful of it and aware of that. And it's, it's a really interesting way to kind of train yourself, start training yourself how to be like that in everyday life, how to notice little things when you practice in a focused setting like that. That's a huge benefit that you're going to get. And it's super cool. Think about it like that. You also get that communication and connection with your partner. So with with whoever you're doing it with. So this is a benefit for the rigor or for the bottom. Right? Because you are either feeling somebody's trust for you as a rigor. Or you are putting that trust into somebody. And that's a very intimate thing. There's a lot of vulnerability involved. And there has to be a lot of trust because of that. Those are some of the main benefits, in my opinion, of of this. And I think that being able to communicate through these things, being able to have that kind of trust in a partner is really important. And it really bonds you on another, on another level. And so if you're somebody who is needing that in a relationship, maybe this is something that you could possibly explore and switch things up with. And it's really beautiful, too. I mean, I love the pictures that I got out of it anyway. Uh, I am very happy with my body when I'm in rope. That's kind of a weird little odd thing to say perhaps. But when I'm tied up like that, I'm always, I admire myself in those pictures. I'm like, God damn, I look good. And I love that. And I like to keep those pictures. I'm very visual. I love to exhibit and I love to watch and you know, when you turn yourself on, <laughs> that's a that's um a, a powerful a powerful thing in my mind. So then safety, safety, safety. This is super important. Always practice with partners you trust. Take it slow. You guys don't have to jump into anything crazy right right away. Just just do some basics. Start with just the wrists. Start start with really basic ties. There are so many good resources to get into shibari there are so many good resources to get into real bondage that will teach you from the very beginning from the very basics and take it slow especially as the person getting tied up it's really really good to make sure that you take it slow because one something i'm going to talk about next is if you do need to break out of it or something bad does happen it's very likely that something bad could happen at some point during these kind of plays, this kind of play and these kind of scenes. And you want to, you want to ease yourself in because there's a training that has to happen. You have to get used to it. You have to get mentally used to it and you have to learn how to cope with this kind of stuff. So start slow. 
Okay, evaluate your physical and mental health first. Super important. If you're like having a bad day, then don't don't do it. Because there are things that can go wrong with these type of scenes that you don't want to mess with, that are going to really be more harmful than beneficial, right? And a big thing to talk about with your partner before going into something like this would be, do you have any trauma that's going to be triggered by being out of control? Could you possibly feel panic for being out of control? Will you get claustrophobic? These are things that you need to think about. These are things to address with your partner. Communicate these things beforehand. Go over what could potentially happen. Because it's really important that if something does happen like that, you are both on the same page. You know that they're going to get you out. And they know that this isn't something to mess with, right? And then always have scissors nearby. Always have a way to get out. Cut the ties very quickly super important even just as like a peace of mind having that nearby is going to be really helpful (laughs) as a bottom if I'm starting to feel that way that's one of the things that I remind myself of I can get out of this as soon as I need to when I need to I'm okay and then I breathe through it and it's fine but there are going to there are going to be some times when it's not fine and you need to get out so you need to have those nearby I think I think that's really it, but there are lots of different things that you can do to kind of like mix it up or have some fun, right? So in my scene over the weekend, I had a butt plug in. I also was blindfolded and I also was gagged for part of it. And so there was there were a lot of things going on there and there were a lot of things kind of coming into play that were building tension, that were making it sexual, right? because that's what we were going for that's the kind of scene that we wanted however really this is what you guys want you get to frame it however you want you get to get out of it whatever you want just communicate that's all i've got to say about western rope bondage and shibari i was actually pretty interested in recording an episode about it just because personally i love going through that stuff and i really enjoy experiencing those things for myself I think it's a really great way to learn about myself and about my partner and it's a great way to connect it's just another layer that we can add to our relationship right it's another layer of intimacy it's another layer of trust it's another layer of exploration it's another thing to do to add it's beautiful it's bonding oh (laughs) yeah see what I did there it's bonding Okay, but anyway, that's all I've got for you on the subject, though. If anybody listening uh, has a lot more to say about shibari or about Western rope bondage or about both, and I totally missed a whole bunch of stuff, which this is a short episode. I'm not going super in-depth on this. This is not like a kink deep dive. This is a this is what I did this weekend. And if you're interested, here are the basics. If somebody does want to go deep with me on this and you know more about it, send me a DM at sugarpusspod on Instagram or on Twitter and let's go deep. Let's talk about it. Let's let's have you give me like a, le- a lesson. I'm totally about that, totally into that. I think that'd be amazing. I love to learn more. I'm just getting started with this myself. Don't expect me to be an expert. I love learning about this. I do think it's a really beautiful thing to do to learn about and to practice. So all that being said, go follow my social medias if you have not already. 
and catch me next week. I've got a beautiful interview for actually I'm splitting it up for the last two episodes of this season. He is a wonderful, beautiful person. His name is Tim. And go check him out to get an idea of what you're in for next week. Um, He does a podcast, and it's called Sex Ed with Tim. That is also his social media, at Sex Ed with Tim. So if you want to go get excited for next week's episode, go look him up. Go give him a follow. He's amazing. He's hilarious. He's so intelligent, so beautiful, so smart. And we had the best conversation, you guys, to give you an example I'm finally having like a really fantastic, amazing queer voice on the podcast as well as episode 40, drumroll. He gives me a lesson in anal sex. <gasps> yeah, it's going to be wild. <laughs> Catch me next week, you guys, on Sugar Pussy. I am your host, Ellie Ray. <laughs>